This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where this evening we will be discussing Tottenham's 1-1 draw against Nice in the exhibition game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Matt Doherty on the score sheet yet again for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I am proud to say that we are now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. I've got three very special guests to talk about tonight's game and the transfer window and, of course, preview the Brentford game that will take place in a couple of days' time on Boxing Day uh, back in the Premier League. Uh, we've got Craig back with us. Craig, how are you? I'm all right, thanks, Chris. Um, it seems ages since we've talked about anything Spurs on here and it's uh, it's great to almost be back. I think we can say we're back, can't we? Because uh, we're doing one of these. But yeah, seems like ages. Great World Cup, thoroughly enjoyed it. But let's get back to the Premier League now and Tottenham. Absolutely. We've also got Channel Regular Melvin back with us. Melvin, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's we're about to discuss a weird preseason. I think one of the shortest preseasons we will ever discuss. You know, yes. a couple of weeks, couple of weeks old, and a strange season, a strange you know footballing calendar, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Conte and Spurs are going to be like. You know, when they return. Absolutely. Well, I'm delighted to say that we've got Mitch with us um, for the very first time. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're part of the media team at Colchester United and, of course, Tottenham Hotspur fan and a sports writer for LiveScore. Welcome to the channel. Cheers, Chris. No, thank you for, for having me on. It's a, a pleasure to come on and chat Spurs, which I love to do with uh, with you guys. So, um, yeah, it felt weird sitting down and, and sticking a Spurs game on this evening, but it, it was a welcome return, really. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the season finally getting back underway after what seems like a, a lifetime of it not being there. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, a good World Cup and, a, of course, a great World Cup for Christian Romero picking up a, a World Cup winner's medal. Um, Mitch, let's start the show with you. Um, Tottenham Hotspur won, uh, Nice won, um, Doherty on the score sheet yet again. What did you make of tonight's game? I think it was... I th- I think it's about all you can expect from a weird sort of pre-season-esque fixture shoved in the middle of December, really. It was um, 
not the best game in the world. I don't think anybody was expecting it to, to light the world on fire, but um, I think it served its purpose. You got uh, a few first team and starting 11 regulars getting some good minutes of their, in their legs. Um, the likes of Kulazewski and Son coming back in, Eric Dyer as well, who's seemed to have returned uh, a bit sooner than Harry Kane, um, which, yeah. which is nice to see. But yeah, it, it was it was a pretty average game. Um, it's nice to see the likes of Matt Doherty, who seems to be thriving in uh, while everyone else was away in Qatar. But um, yeah, pretty pretty good game. Doesn't really matter that we didn't win the win it in the end, but um, yeah, overall I think it, it served its purpose, and it was. I guess we just use it more as a warm up for for that game on um, on Boxing Day. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Your thoughts on tonight's match? Yeah, yeah, echo really. Um, what Mitch said there. I mean, it's um, it was just a it was a it was a friendly. It was it was just basically getting minutes in the legs of all the players. It was good to see. A few, a few of the first teamers get a run out and some minutes. Um, you know, uh, seeing Sonny come on, that was great. Uh, you know, the crowd uh, give him a nice welcome there. So, so yeah, not, can't read too much into the performance or the result. Um, either way, you know, even if we'd smashed them five 0 I think it's, it just is what it is. But it's great to see Tottenham back, and um, yeah, um, let's uh, let's hope that they take some the positives from tonight into. Uh, Brentford, because we've got a run of tough games coming up. What do you make of these friendlies that we've been playing in the last couple of weeks, though, Craig? Because we played Motherwell, then Peterborough under-21s, which both games were behind closed doors, and, of course, this evening's game against Nice. Would you have liked to have seen, um, you know, no disrespect to these sides, but would you have liked to have seen more of a test for our Spurs players? Uh, I think tonight was probably more of a test with respect to the other teams. Um that we've played, you know, you know that, that it was a bit sterner test. But to be honest, I think it's just all about trying to uh, see get the players into match situations as best they can, and just getting minutes in the legs, as I say. So you can't read really too much into it. Uh, but keeping the players ticking over in, in in match situations, I think was the was the key. I, I don't think you'd have got many of the top teams having, you know, wanting friendlies with other top teams and I consider us one of those. So, so it's always going to be difficult. But as I say, the players have got minutes in the legs and, um, you know, it sounds like Conte's been working the ones that have been left behind there quite hard. So they're going to be fit. They're going to hopefully be ready for Boxing Day. It was so weird, actually, this evening at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium not to see Antonio Conte so vocal uh, and, and running down the touchline as we normally see uh, during competitive games. Melvin, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on tonight's game? Yeah, it was a, a, a tidy game. You can kind of see, you know, Antonio's impression being put on the on the fringe players that haven't played a lot this season. You know, good to see Tanganga play. You know, he's a, he's a decent centre-back when he has a run of games, you know, we all saw what he was capable last season with performances against Liverpool and City. He's been so unlucky with injuries and, you know, it's good time to have, you know, one of the best managers and coaches and, and, and have this time and this opportunity to train under him. And and you can kind of see, you know, the the, the time on the pitch being being translated onto the performances. I liked how we looked solid in possession. We didn't look as vulnerable and shaky as we used to when we used to play this kind of team and this kind of formation. It used to be the case when when you know you drop three or four players out of out of the team, you know, under Jose and Nuno. And when you play these kind of 
teams, the, the, the dropping quality was was massive. And I didn't see it today. I thought we looked, you know, decent with the ball. Basuma looked extremely sharp and, and, and hungry. And, uh, yeah, and I enjoyed it. You know, Papa Matassar looks like a decent young young talent, very raw. The same with, with Brian Hill. You know, it's, it's great to see all these players, you know, trying to fight. And, and you can see that they're learning their, their system and, and how to play. It was interesting to see, you know, Harvey White being played up top. So... Let's go through the starting eleven. It was Forster, Royale, Tanganga, Sanchez, Doherty, Lengley, Basuma, Hoybier, Kulisevsky, White and Brian Hill. Now, Antonio Conte did confirm before the game that Spence and uh, Skip missed the game through illness. Mitch, let's come to you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jed Spence because there's so many Spurs fans really hoping that he's going to get game time in the Premier League uh, for Spurs this season. An unfortunate time to be ill, isn't it? Because, you know, you would hope that he would be taking opportunities in these games to really put himself uh, in the window for, for Conte to choose him. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to seeing him tonight. So it's, it's a bit of a shame with the whole illness because I thought he was probably our best, if not one of the best players in the friendly against Motherwell that, that we watched yeah. uh, last week or, or whenever it was. But um, yeah, it, it's sort of been a weird one around the whole Jed Spence thing because I think I think most of the fan base are in agreement that, that he should be getting more minutes than he is. Um, we we don't know whether he was, I guess, a Conte signing or whether he actually approved it in the first place. So you never know, there might be something going on behind the scenes there. But every Spurs fan knows that he is capable of, of good things. He is a top player and, and can go on to be a very good player if he like is given that there, opportunity. Um, so it's it's... It's a shame that he's missed tonight um, because I think maybe he would have got 45 minutes um, and maybe Emerson Royale would have got 45 minutes. Who, you know, Emerson Royale was pretty much the same old Emerson that he that he has been for most of the season tonight, I thought. Um, but the hope is that he is the type of player that can just get his head down and work hard and, and just follow the lead of some of the, the more senior figures at the club. And when that chance does come and that opportunity does come, because there will be a situation where he gets minutes on the pitch, whether it be through injuries or he's just impressing and Conte that much. He he just needs to take it because um, I've no doubt in my mind that he's got the ability to be a really important player for us, even if we do end up bringing in another right-sided defender in, in the January market. So hopefully he just keeps his head up. Um, the illness is a bit unfortunate, but hopefully there's more to come from him. Mitch, in your opinion, who is the best right wing back at Spurs? Because when you look at Doherty in the um, three friendlies that we've played, he scored in every single one of them. Emerson uh, played on the right today. Doherty played on the left uh, this evening. Spence, uh, you know, what do you what do you make of the whole situation with Jed Spence? And who and, and as I say, who who do you think is the best right wing back if we didn't bring in another one in the January window? Who would you go with? I think. I think right this second, Matt Doherty would be my pick as your starting right wing back. Um, I think if if Jed Spence had had an opportunity to play and and had played, you know, at least ninety minutes of Premier League football this season, I'd I'd like to say him, but I don't think that I can really back that up with any sort of evidence right now. Having watched Doherty obviously for a bit longer and and knowing what he's capable of, seeing how well he's performed in the friendlies while everyone else has been at the World Cup. Um, and especially how he played towards the end of last season, he was a bit unfortunate because he picked up an injury. Um, and I think that set him back a little bit where it meant Emerson came back into the team. But before that, 
I think he was Conte's number one pick. And I think that he showed that he's certainly a lot better going forward than, than Emerson defensively. Maybe it's a bit of a toss-up between the pair. I don't. I don't think any of our right wing backs uh, are amazing at defending. But if I had to pick one, Matt Doherty would be that person, and he is certainly the person I would be playing at right wing back from from the go against Brentford. Craig, let's come to you. Um, overall, in these three friendlies against Motherwell, Peterborough, and uh, Nice this evening. Um, what have you made of the performances? Who do you think has really put themselves, um, you know, out in front to say, Antonio, you know, choose me for Premier League minutes? To be honest, you can't really look much past Matt Doherty. I mean, he's he's like the Irish calf, as, as I've seen, seen on Twitter, you know. he's 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 been banging in the goals. He's been playing well from what I've seen. Um, so, so, yeah, I have to agree with Mitch, to be honest. I'd love to say Jed Spence because I do truly believe, and I have done ever since we signed him, that he's the future in that right wing back role for Tottenham. I, I think he's got every attribute you could ask for a, for a, for a wing back. But I have to say, Matt Doherty's, you know, what he's been doing, he, he's he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet, I, th- I think, against Brentford. Now, what Conte might see, put him on the left because he's been playing on the left and I've just got a feeling he's going to put Emerson in on the right. Um, we don't know. We don't know, do we? Um, I think Brian Keel has uh, put in a couple of decent performances. Um, I'd have liked to see Will Lankshire actually get a few more minutes today. I'd have liked to have seen him. Uh, it's a shame he only got on right at the end. Um, I thought Harvey White performed pretty well tonight. So there, there is a few players. I think Tanganga's got a shout for that right, uh, the right side of the back three because obviously Romero, we don't know what's happening with him yet when he's coming back and I don't think he's going to be ready for boxing day. He's probably, probably on a four or five day uh, <laughs> drinking bender with, with all the... Uh, the other Argentinians and uh, absolutely fully deserved. But uh, yeah, there's there's a, certainly a few players that hopefully have caught Conte's eye. And uh, But coming on to Jed Spence, I hope Jed Spence is one of them because I think he played pretty well in the games he did play. Yeah. What about Brian Hill? Do you expect Brian Hill to go out on loan in January or do you think that he's got uh, a chance of more minutes in the Premier League? Mm, it's difficult. I... I I've always liked Brian Hill. I think, I think there's a player in there, but um, he pro- it depends what Conte thinks, doesn't it, at the end of the day. But I think Brian Hill will probably go on loan. I think they'll try and look to loan him out um, for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, Do you know I, mean, what? I, I, don't, I don't know what you guys think, but um, Sanchez captain tonight. I know it's only a friendly, but I just mm. thought that was a bit of a weird one, don't you? Yeah, it was. It was a bit, bit strange. And he, he had a, you know, in one of them games, I think in patches where that we've seen Davinson have before quite a few times, um, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Because you'd have thought Hoybier or even yeah. even Forster. You know, it's a very weird decision. I don't get that. If anybody's got any thoughts on that, please put them in the comments because I, I was a bit baffled by that. But, so I'd be interested to hear people's views. But yes, yeah, very strange. Melvin, who was the standout players for you this evening? Um, I guess Dorothy because he scored is the only real, you know. Even Kulusevski as well. I think Kulusevski was a big miss. Um, having him back and you know he always have an eye for a pass. You can never really give him a second on the ball if he's not creating something. He's gonna finish it off and he's so clever. 
if he's if he's not going to make a run, he uses his body well and, and disguises a pass. A bit lucky with the deflection, and it made his way to Dorothy, and and he finished it. And he had a chance, similar chance a few minutes earlier, and 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 he buried the second one. Um, it's great to see him pick off where he left off last season. You know, he was in in, in good scoring and assisting form. So it's exactly what we need going into. You know, I guess the or continuing the Premier League, we need these kind of players to hit a bit of form and kind of pick up where I guess we left off last 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 Premier League fixture. Um, you know, we we were in good form. Bentoncourt was scoring, um, Hoiberg was scoring, and Kulusevski was just coming back from a really really long injury, and he he fits in into the system so well. So. It's it's really exciting to see these players starting to to gel together again and and pick up where we left off. Melbourne, I know we'll come on to preview the Brentford game, but I want to ask the question: with Matt Doherty in good form in these three friendlies, I think I'm with Craig. I'm I'm expecting Emerson Royale to be in the starting eleven uh, against Brentford on Boxing Day. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he has to be. I think out of the three right backs we have, he's played the most minutes under Conte even though he's not been the most effective, but he's played the most minutes. He's been solid. He he can do a job defensively. It's when we need, you know, to attack and we need that go- the breakthrough goal is where he struggles. But he's still a solid defender. Let's 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 be honest. He's just the the attacking the final third. He's good at the right back, but not quite the right wing back. Um, that's why I guess Matt Doherty, like I think he's more adapted to that role quicker than him and he's played it for for a longer period of time and i think playing on the left he can cut in and shoot from his right so he's a bit more effective than than emerson but i think yeah both of them will probably start and conte keeps playing dorothy on the left because he knows he's not going to have perisic he knows sasenion is recovering from injury and probably won't be rushed for that fixture because we need him for the remainder of the season Mitch, let's come to you. I just want to ask you your thoughts on uh, on Brian Hill overall, because of course he cost a lot of money. Um, Eric Lamella went in the uh, in the other direction as well. Um, you know, he's had very limited time under um, Antonio Conte. Do you expect him to go out on loan? And and what have you made of his uh, his time at Spurs so far? I think um, it's a really difficult one to to call with whether he's going to go out on loan or not, because I think you can see that there's a player there. And I think he showed it again tonight. His his ability on the ball, his dribbling and, and the way he likes to run at people, I, I actually think is really good. Um, I just think the physical side of his game lets him down. He, I mean, he was on the floor a lot against tonight and, and I know we were playing against French opposition, but it's um it's it's a really difficult one. I personally, I think that if he does go out on loan, that'll be the last we see of him. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm kind of hoping that he does stay because um, I think that he's got a point to prove, and I do think that he can add some value to the squad, especially with Rich Arlison obviously having that that injury um, and being out for five to six weeks. I think we're going to need him. Um, you know, the the Christmas schedule is is very very hectic, and and January as well. We've got obviously that midweek game against Man City to catch up on as well. So that there's going to be a lot of games and a lot of tired legs, even even for those that have been at Hotspur um, way over the the winter break. So um, yeah, I mean, 
in terms of his ability, um, he shows glimpses of what we signed him for. Um, I think his close dribbling is is fantastic and he's got the ability to, to go past anyone if he really wants to. Um, sometimes it looks like he just does a little bit too much, um, maybe holds on to it a bit longer than he should, maybe picks the wrong pass instead of maybe having a shot or, or playing it the other way. But um, I can see him going out on loan. I can see Conte maybe just being a bit impatient and, and wanting the club to to bring in someone else and maybe maybe a different attacking player and send him out on loan for six months or or even an 18-month loan and he might not be at the club when, when he gets back. So then that's not his problem. So, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I'd like to see him play. I think he's got something to give, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if he does head out in, in January. Surely, though, Mitch, if Spurs were uh, or, or want to keep him long term, the loan move has to be an English club, because I think if he goes to a European club, I, I think I'm with you that I, I don't think that we're going to see him under contact. Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I would say that he's good enough to to play in, in the Premier League at a different club on loan. Um the, the question is, who takes him? Um, are there realistically? The, the issue is, if you go and send him to a club that's fighting relegation, um, someone like, a, probably not a Nottingham Forest, but someone down in that area, West are Ham. they going to want... Yeah, West Ham. West Ham, that, that's, that's a good one. That's the one I was looking for. Um, is it is it a player that they're going to want? Is that the sort of player that's going to aid a, a sort of recovery and a bid for survival? And if we send him to someone that are maybe pushing in around the top 10, top 13, um, you know, like not necessarily a Crystal Palace, but a club of perhaps that stature and that quality. Again, is he going to get the game time? Is he going to be in that starting eleven? So it's a really difficult one. Um, I'm not surprised that a lot of Spanish clubs seem interested in him. Um, but you are right, and I do agree with you. If he does go on loan, I would very much like to see him at an English club to let him develop, especially the physical part of his game, a bit more. Yeah. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Let's let's talk about some of the key incidents in the game. Now, just after five minutes, Forster made a great save with his right hand, tipping it around the post. Uh, after 11 minutes, Kulusevski couldn't find the right pass. Brian Hill was waiting in the middle. A couple of minutes later, and we've spoken a lot about free kicks on this channel, Kulusevski with a free kick outside the box straight at uh, Schmeichel. Uh, after 19 minutes, Doherty and Brian Hill with a nice move. Cross from Brian Hill, blocked and cleared. And then after 21 minutes, Doherty and Spurs 1-0 up. What a great finish. Talk us through that goal because, uh, you know, we're getting used to Doherty scoring at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's um, finished another well-taken goal. Um, uh, Brian Hill actually passed it to Kulishevsky, who obviously laid in the ball to to, uh, to got Doherty. A bit of a defensive error. The defender kind of got his feet all mixed up and it broke into Doherty's path. But he finished it very well. It looked like he was going to, put it to the keeper's left and he just whipped it in at the near post. So, yeah, another great finish. What I would say, uh, I come back to like get, get, giving players confidence. You know, the goals Matt Doherty's been scoring lately, even though they, they have been in friendlies, it's all about the confidence. And, you know, I think yeah. if he gets in those positions, hopefully starting against Brentford, then, then he, he's going to have that confidence to have a shot where before he might might have looked for a pass or, or it might have gone gone over the bar or something like that. So so it's, it's all good. It can only be good that, that your wing-backs are scoring because that's what Conte wants. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, after 29 minutes, Brian Hill cutting in with a shot uh, with his right foot. After 37 minutes, Brian Hill uh, with another shot at Schmeichel this time. Good pass from Doherty. After 39 minutes, Basuma with a shot from outside the box. Half-time 1-0. Uh, Melvin, what did you make of uh, Basuma's performance today? Because, of course... You know, he's been um, a fantastic midfielder for Brighton. Uh, he's had a difficult season under uh, Conte at Spurs th- so far this season. How does he break into this starting eleven uh, when we've got Hoybier and Benton playing the way that they are? He's, he's an asset to the team because, you know, if Conte wants to change the system mid-game, he's a really good player to bring in. If he wants to go two in the middle or, or three in the middle, he... It's it's a good option to have, you know, if he needs to change something tactically. And in the last couple of games before the Premier League stopped, he was playing really, really well. And they, he's a good player to have in and out of the squad because, in he, he done it, he he did it during the game. He won the ball really high up and um, on the pitch, and we counterattacked. But because we had, you know, players like Harvey White and, and no disrespect to them, but. Maybe if you think Kane was there and, and you had Son flying forward as well, you think it could have resulted in a goal because that's what he's for. It's it's the energy and the, the pressing that he does and it's it, it can win you games because it, it those sort of those sort of things end up in mistakes from the opposition, which leads leads to goals. And and you can definitely tell he's he's capable of doing that once or twice a game and 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 you can't give give us those those chances, you know, for the entire match. If you give us one or two, Kane or Son are gonna put them away, and um, that's what he's capable of. And uh, he's a really good asset to have for Conte because you never know in, in in a game when it's not quite going your way, or if he starts, you know, he's a good player to have. It's a player we didn't have obviously the last couple of seasons is have more quality on the bench. You know, the depth is slowly starting to increase. And Bizuma definitely is is Premier League proven quality on the bench. And even if he starts, which I think because of the injuries to Bentoncourt, he's gonna have to really you know, we're gonna have to win with him. You, you know what I mean? Because because we we need to keep up the momentum that we stopped you know, a couple of months ago, we need to keep winning. We can't drop points. And he's going to have to put in a real, real shift against Brentford because it's going to be a tough game and we definitely need the three points. Now, half-time, uh, of course, Spurs were leading the game 1-0. Saar came on, um, Hoybier come off. Um, Mitch, let's come to you. What have you made of Pape Mata Saar's time at Spurs? Because no Premier League minutes under Conte this season. But of course, as we all know, he played the second half against England for, uh, for Senegal. Um, do you think he will be going out on loan or do you think that um, Conte will perhaps give him more minutes? He's he's very much in the same boat as uh, Brian Gilles, isn't he? He's, um, you can tell that there's a player in there um, and he's just not really being afforded the opportunity to to showcase that. And I, I know the Premier League and, and playing at a club like Spurs is... Is brutal, and if you're not good enough, then you're not going to play. Um, I just, I think he is one that would benefit from going out on loan, which I don't necessarily agree with about about Brian Gil. I think Saar being out on loan it doesn't even necessarily have to be in England. Just getting minutes under his belt because he's such a young player. Um, yeah. I mean, he he proved what he can do in the French league, um, and maybe just a little bit of a step up from there if we were to go back out on loan. Um, 
but you know, I think I think he showed glimpses tonight uh, of what he's capable of, and at uh, the World Cup, although it was limited minutes for him there as well. Um, I think he's he's got a very good stature and build for sort of central midfield role. Um, I know that he prides himself on abilities of things like long shots and his long distance shooting that we sort of yet to see in a spur shirt, but that'd be something quite nice to to see sooner rather than later. Um, but again, I think he's another one that may actually end up seeing a few more minutes over the Christmas period. If, 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 we continue picking up these sort of injuries. And if, you know, you haven't got all the players coming back that, that we need, there's the option of rotation. Um, you know, you've got Hoiberg and Pasuma and um, depending, I guess, on whether Bentoncourt can get back sooner rather than later from his injury, there's a potential opportunity there, even if it starts off with appearances from the bench. Um, once that opportunity is there, if he takes it um, and puts in a decent little cameo, then... The way football works is that you'll be rewarded with more appearances. And again, I hope that's the case, but he's got a long old career ahead of him and he's someone that we should be holding on to, but wouldn't be opposed to him going out for, for another loan whatsoever. Mitch, let's stay with you. In the 47th minute, um, Nice equalised, making it 1-1. Um, what did you make of the goal that we conceded? Because it seemed really disappointing to concede a goal so early on in the second half as well. Yeah, set piece. It's just, it's just something I think we've we're a bit accustomed to um, as as Spurs fans. You know, the first half was was pretty decent. I think we played well, dominated most of the game, uh, particularly in large large spells at least. And then you know you come out in the second half, you make that change with with Hoybier coming coming off, and he does make a big difference in the middle of the midfield. And you concede almost immediately. And I know it's only a friendly and I know it's to get minutes in people's legs, but it does have an impact. You are still in a game of football and all of a sudden the momentum sort of swings out of your favour and it takes the steam out of you a little bit. And yeah, it was just pretty poor defending. Um, you know, they have, needs to have some big players, especially Dante. He's, he's a he's a big lad to keep a hold of. And um, yeah, it was sort of just a a bit of the same old story, pinball in the box, not clearing your lines and, and you get punished for it. Um, and from then there wasn't too much of a entertainment, I guess I would say for, for the remainder of the game, it was pretty much a stalemate. And um, yeah, it's one of those goals. If you concede it in the Premier League, you're probably quite angry because it's just such a silly goal to give away the timing of it as uh, when it is in the game and, and just, the fact that it's a goal that you shouldn't be conceding. Everybody has a job um, marking from yeah. from things like set pieces and corners. And, you know, you've got to do that job. And if you don't, you get punished against the top players. And unfortunately, that's that's what happened tonight. Craig, in the 49th minute, um, Kulisevsky with a shot. Schmeichel with a great save to his right-hand side. And then, and then in the 55th minute, Kulisevsky with a cross. Emerson Royale headed towards goal. Schmeichel with a comfortable save. Uh, great to have Kulisevsky back. And I tell you what, I think that... Um, you know, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club are really going to benefit um, Kulisewski not going away at the World Cup. And, uh, you know, he's been working extremely hard um, at Hotspur away. It, it is great to have him back, isn't it? Because he's had injury issues this season. Yeah, yeah it is. I, th I think we all saw how much we missed him when he was, wasn't playing because of the injury. And um, again, just, I reiterate, just, just seeing players get minutes in their legs in game situations. It's great to see Kulisewski come through that injury-free. He kind of makes us tick, doesn't he? A lot, a lot of what he does, he just makes us tick. You saw that as soon as he came back from injuries, creating chances and 
yeah. and everything else. So, yeah, what 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 a sign-in. And I think he's 22 himself, isn't he? So he's only a young player, but he, he seems there's, a, there's an old head on young shoulders and uh, he just seems to know when uh, to release the ball, know, knows what passes to make and knows when to shoot and cutting in on that left foot. He, he's a quality player, absolute quality player. And I'd, to be fair, before the win, window last January, I'd never actually heard of him, I don't think, and to, to, or, or, or Bentecourt. So, you know, those two players coming in, what a difference they've both made, you know. We need more Juventus rejects in this coming January. We do. Trend, we'll have them. We'll have them all. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Melvin, let's come to you. In the 59th minute, um, Emerson Royale um, had time, space, just could not find Kulisewski in the middle. Um, it went straight to a defender, uh, was obviously blocked. What did you make of Emerson Royale's performance this evening? It's not It's not the best performance he's had at space, but it's definitely not the worst either. He's, I think he's one of the players that could really use this time with Conte. I think they probably worked on things in the training pitch, even though there's rumours of of us, you know, looking at right backs and stuff like that. He's still a, you know, a Tottenham player and and, and he needs to improve. And hopefully this time will make him improve. You know, his decision-making sometimes isn't the best. And, uh, but he's still, he's still a solid, a solid defender. And, um, I, the things that he does well, you know, his physicality, his defending, his aerial doings, he always does, you know, pretty, pretty well and, and, and doesn't make the, the mistakes that lead to goals, which is something that I think previous right backs used, we used to struggle with. Um, hopefully, I don't know if, if, if the club is really, really thinking of buying a new right wing back or not. But if we stay with him last season, he did pretty well till the end of the season. But we need, he needs to start to chip in with goals and assists. Something that, you know, the midfielders like Bentancur and Hoiberg started, started to do. They didn't really do that last season, but it's something that you can see that they worked on in the training pitch and it's starting to, to work during the game. So we kind of need to see that from Emerson Royal as well. I don't know how long you can really give a player because he's had his chance and he's had games and he's had time to work on it. I think I think now till the end of the season, if he doesn't have at least a couple of goals and assists in key moments, in key games, I think it's really time to give up on the player because the Conte system is so demanding on the wing-backs. I don't think we can afford having one side of the wing-backs not producing any goals or any assists, kind of like on the other side, Sessegnon and Perisic both chip in with the odd goal and assist every now and then. So it's it's we need to have balance within the squad. So realistically, if, if he doesn't have, I don't know, three or four goals or, or, or a couple of assists, I don't see him see it working with spares. Mitch, do you think it's fair to say that the right wing-back situation is probably our weakest area? Uh, yes, and the reason I say that is just because of how dependent Antonio Conte is on his wing-backs. Um, yeah. I think you've seen from Perisic on the other side what a competent and attacking-minded wing-back can do. I mean, some of his assists this season have made a big difference over on that left side, and it's been pretty null over on the on the other flank and that is something that really needs addressing 
Um, I just feel like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Emerson Royale to sort of click and just start providing some assists or scoring some goals. Um, Matt Doherty is the closest thing we've had to to a wing-back that is capable of doing something in the final third. Um, So it's definitely a problem area um, and it would be top of my list. um, And I think it is top of Conte's list. I think he's done what he can to try and work with Emerson and try and improve him, especially in that crossing area, which just doesn't seem to have made much of a difference at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I'm hoping is at the top of his list for the January window and all of these rumours floating around, around Pedro Porro and a, a few other names as well. I'm hoping that there's some sort of um, concrete link to them. Um, and, you know, if we can go into the second half of the season, or well, we're not even at halfway yet, but into the that part of the season with... Perisic on one side and another wing back that you know can replicate the sort of Alonso Moses or or um, Hakimi from Inter Milan on that on that right hand side that, that Conte utilised so well. We will become a much more prolific team um, and just a better all round team. So so hopefully um, that is a priority position. It is in my eyes and and hopefully there's some work going on behind the scenes to to try and sort it out. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It is certainly in my eyes as well, Mitch, but I've got to ask the question. You don't think that uh, that um, Conte can get any more out of Emerson? I just... The thing is, what is he? He's, he's 22 or 23, Emerson, so he's still really young. So that would suggest that there's there's capability for him to improve. But I just think he's been given so much favour from Conte. And I'm not sure if he just doesn't think that Doherty's been up to scratch or what the issue is with Spence, whether it's the only option he's got. But I just think he's been playing week in, week out for Spurs and he's just not given us anything going forward. Um, You know, you've got the occasional no-look pass that's going out for a goal kick or you've got errors at the back. So I just, I struggle to come up with anything um, sort of successful that he's been able to do in, in, in the final third in particular. I mean, feel feel free to, to correct me if I'm wrong, if there's anything you've picked up, but I just, I, I haven't seen anything. And when you, you want to be challenging for trophies and, and titles, you have to be ruthless. And if something's not working and you're getting on to the point where it's been two seasons of him at right back now and he's still not giving us anything, yeah. you, you've got to sort of think about cutting your losses. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Um, in the 66th minute, um, Davis and Dyer came on. Uh, of course, uh, coming back from international duty at the World Cup in Qatar, Lengley and Sanchez going off. Um, great to see Davis back because uh, we thought that he had injury problems. But of course, Antonio Conte confirmed in the last couple of days that he's back training. We're back, back playing this evening. Um, Davis has been 
um, a regular under Conte since he arrived um, last November. Um, an important player for this squad. Yeah, I've, I've always thought Ben Davis was a, you know, I think he's been called seven out of ten Ben before, hasn't he? You know, you never really see him have an absolute shocker. I, I personally don't see that anyway. You know, he, he seems to be pretty solid in most things he does. Um, you know, he's, he's not one of the big names. Essentially, you don't see him it's plastered all over the newspapers. He, he, but he's apparently a very popular member of the squad. Clever guy, nice lad, and uh, trains well, and and always gives hundred and ten percent when he plays for Tottenham. I think that's all you can ask. I think Ben Davis is a is quite an underrated player. Actually, um, there, there's other players that need to to leave, in my opinion, long before Ben Davies. And um, it is good to see him back. Didn't have the best of World Cups, obviously, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's a very um, important player uh, in that back three. To be honest, you talk about the World Cup there, Craig. Who 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 were you really impressed with? What Spurs player at the World Cup were you most impressed with? Oh well, you can't look much past Romero. You know, uh, just, yeah, I, I had to laugh. I must admit, in the final and the semi final, when he's just slinging in tackles and like the the commentators obviously aren't perhaps as. Uh, used to seeing Romero as as we Spurs fans are, and he he just plays two hundred percent all the time, doesn't he? He, he just he's going through players, winning the ball. He's he's an unbelievable. He's a Rolls Royce of a defender, and I just hope he's back playing for Spurs as as soon as possible. I thought Perisic had a really good World Cup. To be honest, I thought he played sensational yeah. in in parts. I saw I think I saw every game Croatia played and. And uh, he, he he was just great. Actually, was he playing? He wasn't really a wing back, was he? He was kind of one of a front three. So he's he certainly a bit more advanced, anyway, wasn't he? So, but yeah. the you know the crosses he was putting in up and down, the minutes he he got played was for for a guy his age just shows how fit he is. So, so I have to say he had a he had a good World Cup. So uh, yeah, I'd have to say them two. Obviously, a shame shame about Harry. I don't really want to talk about. What happened with Harry at the end? I just hope that doesn't affect him too much. Um, I think he was having a half-decent World Cup up, up until that point. And, uh, oh, I think that would have been a lot different had that penalty gone in. And I think, we, you know, we got past France. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I think if we got past France, I think we'd have made it to the final with all respect to Morocco. But, uh, you know, all um, all in the past now. And um, hopefully we'll come back to Tottenham and... Um, Hopefully we'll get a penalty soon and he can put that ghost to bed, at least in a small way. That would be nice, actually, on Boxing Day against Brentford, yeah. Um, well, of course, we said earlier about Spence and Skip being ill for tonight's game. But, of course, Harry Kane, Romero, Larice, Richarlison, Perisic, Mora and Benton Kerr uh, all didn't feature this evening and uh, will be back at some point. Um, back to the game. Um, in the 72nd minute, Kulisevsky with a shot wide. A couple of minutes later, Mundo and Son coming on. White and Emerson Royale going off. Uh, Conte then made another change in the 80th minute. Um, Alfie Devine coming on. Kulisevsky going off. In the 86th minute, Pape Matasar with a tame shot at the goalkeeper. Uh, and then Lancashire coming on um, in the last minute. Um, Melvin, let's come to you. Um, I want to talk about all of the rumours um, about Antonio Conte and the transfer window. Um, now, The Athletic reported um, on Tuesday um, that they had heard that there's not much money to spend. Um, in the January transfer window and sources close to the club are less optimistic about him signing a new contract. What do you make of this news and these rumours? 
it's disappointing because I don't know because the momentum I think from the summer you know when we invested you know the hundred and fifty million that was so famous and you know spares Twitter went you know crazy and we were all so excited and we all thought, okay, we were really getting behind Conte and, and we're all on board. And, and now that you hear that, you know, the board are not all all pulling, you know, the same rope. We, we, we don't have the same ideas. Some people talking about Pochettino. You know, it's not, it's not good to hear, especially mid-season as well. We're, we're still in a, in a Champions League knockout tie against AC Milan. We're ahead of a January transfer window, which we're looking, you know, to back Conte with with all the players that he wants. You know, we as Spurs fans have been so patient with with the club, and and we've waited for so long. And uh, you know, we move stadiums, which we we all happy about. And you know, we we watched we had to transition from one stadium to another with one of the greatest, you know, spare sides I've ever seen. You know, that the last season at White Hart Lane. You know, we we've gone through that. We've been through that, and now it's time to push and 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 make sure that the the squad is at its best, and and to use all our assets to to make sure that that happens. You know, the stadium and and, and all this um, events, the boxing events, and all this kind of stuff. All this stuff has to, you know, at the end of the day, be, be put in the, the squad, the first eleven. You know, we need we need the, the investment from 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 Levy and Enoch. And if they're saying that Conte's ambition doesn't match what what we're currently offering, he's gonna walk away. And it it would be, I think, lots of Spurs fans would be extremely disappointed. And, and me being one of them, you know, I messaged you when I heard that, and I said, you know, I feel I feel a little bit sick. I I, I don't feel good about it. it it's really it, it in a way it hurts. The Spurs, the Spurs fan base, and I think it, it was a bit overboard how how quickly how quickly the fans were. It's like we're a bit fragile. It, it the news broke and and it went crazy. I think maybe it could have been taken a little bit out of context. We don't know what demands Conte has, but at the same time, Conte has all the power in his hands and and. He's he's a smart guy, you know. If he's if he wants certain things, and he's using the contract as this le- this leverage, and unless unless Levy, you know, bows down to his his demands, he can walk away, and he's done it before, and it would be re- extremely disappointing if he if he does. Melbourne, regardless of what happens in the upcoming January transfer window, how confident are you that Antonio Conte will be Spurs manager next season? Um, well, we have, because, we have the one clause. He, he, he's out of contract on the thirtieth of June. Why has? Yeah. Why have the club not triggered the extra year on his contract as yet? I think they're going to wait until the January window plays out and 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 see what happens. If we make decent signings, which improve the starting eleven, and we go deep into the Champions League, or or we make top four, which at this point is not a certainty. You know, last season we made top four and the summer we improved. But so have so have the teams around us. You know, Arsenal have improved, so have Liverpool, Chelsea, City, Newcastle. You know, that's an added mix to the equation. You know, we're not only fighting with six really good teams now, there's about seven. 
who are pumping a lot of money into their squads. And if we don't match or, or go above their level of investment, we're, we're not going to make up the difference. We're going to fall. We're going to fall behind. And yeah. Conte, Conte is a clever guy. He's not going to sign anything quickly. He holds all the power. And in a way, in a way, in a way, it's not a bad thing because it Levy knows every single Spurs fan right now loves Conte. You know, we sing his name in the stadium, and uh, you know, I've never seen since he's come in. I've never seen us so united until, since Pochettino. The Spurs, the, the fan base, have been so united, and it's been great. You know, the games have been electric. Some really, really good. Good games, and I I love Conte. I'm I'm obsessed with the guy. I think he's he's brilliant. I love everything about him. I love his his passion, his energy, and I want him to stay and continue this project that he started. It'd be a shame if he leaves. It'd be a shame if we don't see him, you know, at his full potential with with players for his system. And I think with Paratici working together, they've done. Good signings. They they have an eye for a player. Even the signings that failed. You know, look at Luis Diaz. Nearly came off last season. Would have been a great signing. They have an eye for a player. And even Amrabat, who who shined in the World Cup, he was a player that we were linked with last season and and could have could could have been a Spurs player this season. And we would have had some of the best midfield midfield players at the World Cup. You know the. I want to see another Antonio Conte Paratici transfer window, and I want to see it again in the summer because I think them two working together is a good partnership. And if we back them fully and we offer them the funds, we can really see them push on. And together, we'll, if we all know what's wrong with the club, we're only a couple of players away from really competing. But they need to be, you know, Antonio's players. So you know, not club signings. That's the issue, I think. It's a weird one, actually, Amrabat, because in the last January transfer window, pretty much every day, I was doing live shows with lots of journalists coming on, and they were all stating, including Fabrizio Romano, stating that Spurs are so close to um, signing Amrabat, and the Spurs fans were going absolutely mad, saying, who? I don't want Amrabat in my club. I've never heard of the guy. Um, it's so strange. And then, of course, he, he turned out to be one of the best players in the World Cup in Qatar. Um Mitch, let's come to you. What do you make of the whole Antonio Conte uh, situation? Because, you know, Spurs could trigger his contract and let, you know, sign him up for another year. Um, what do you make of the whole situation? It's, it's a really strange one. Um, I think if they were to trigger his, his extension, then it might come across as maybe like we're holding him there. Um, rather than him being willing to to want to stand, I know it's obviously written into his contract, and that's what he signed in the first place. But I sort of think if you trigger the one year contract, that might be a sign that contract talks aren't going very well. Um, obviously, the club want to time down to to a long term tra- uh, contract if they can. Um, but these things aren't easy. Antonio Conte is is perhaps one of the most ruthless people in football when it comes to negotiating, and he's very straightforward with what he wants and what he will want is a big budget to spend in every, um, every transfer window. Um, and he will want to be constantly improving the squad. And 
if Daniel Levy and Fabio Paratici can't promise him that, then he's got no reason to stay. So um, I'm actually quite sympathetic towards him because I think us as Spurs fans, we've been sort of led astray for quite a while now. We've sort of learned to accept mediocrity and, and just maybe being there or thereabouts, but never being at the top. Um, and I think the biggest chance we're ever going to get to break that uh, and sort of embed a new culture into the club, a winning culture, is by backing Antonio Conte. Um, and and the contract situation is really frustrating me because, in my opinion, I know it's easier said than done, they should just go in, accept his demands and, and move on from there, let him be happy um, and, and, and let him pick the players that he wants to bring in and, and just go for it. It's... It's really strange these reports that are coming out about then maybe not being massive amounts of money to 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 spend in January and the club are not willing to throw money about. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. What what's the point in having someone like Conte at the club if you're not going to let him make those um, suggestions and 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 have the final say on the the recruitment? Um, so yeah, I think I agree. I agree with what Melvin was saying in terms of the whole January transfer window. I think the club will end up waiting and seeing what happens by the end of January. Um, see what players are brought in, see what the mood is in the camp, see how we're doing in the league, and 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 they'll go from there. Um, I do, I do just really think in in my head that they are waiting for the perfect opportunity to bring Pochettino back to the club. Um, I think it's going to happen at one point, whether Conte's here for another two years whether it's here for another six months, I think Pochettino will be back in charge of the club at, at one point, um, which I think that whole situation also doesn't help because you've got half the fan base sort of like, oh, whatever, just just go get him already and, and just leave Conte B. It's not really working. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I've, like I've already said, um, personally, Antonio Conte is one of the best managers I've seen at the club. Um, and I think he's got the capabilities to do something really great like he has at every other club that he's managed and you just have to have that trust in him and you have to take the risks you're not going to achieve anything if you don't take the risks and that includes spending money um you know Tottenham are a giant of a football club and they make a hell of a lot of money every every single year so you know you've got to reinvest that in the club and 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 if you do uh, it will give us the best chance to 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 win something so yeah hopefully hopefully in the next few months, we'll have some clarity on the situation and hopefully that clarity is that he has signed a new contract. Mitch, if you had to put money on it, do you think Antonio Conte will be Spurs manager at the start of next season? Uh, yes, I do, which is, which is good. I'm glad that my mindset is still like that. I do think that he will be the manager at the start of the next season. I think, I think we'll get top four this season and I think he will have one more summer window to bring in the players that he wants. And if it doesn't work by the end of next season then it will probably be time for him to move on. Mitch, what do you think is fully backing Conte? Because when I look back at the last January window, uh, Benton Kerr and Kulisewski coming in, and I know on the 31st of January, at the end of that window, a lot of Spurs fans weren't happy with it because they thought that we had signed two Juventus rejects. Well, of course, they they turned out to be fantastic. They're fantastic players. uh, And they are players that walk straight into the starting eleven. In my opinion, I think that we need another January window where we bring in at least two players that walk into the starting 11. Not players for the future, not players to sit on the bench, but actually walk into the starting 11. A right wing back, I think, is absolutely vital. Um, Is that truly backing Conte by bringing two quality players in again? 
Yes, yeah, I think so. Um, I think you're absolutely right. We need players to improve the starting eleven. We need a right wing back and we need a centre back. Both of those two players that can come straight into our starting eleven and, and shore us up and just add a bit more to us. And yeah, I would describe that as fully backing him, especially in the January transfer window. You're not going to be able to go out and sign five or six players um, and spend a hell of a lot of money in January. It's just never how it has worked. But um, that's, I guess, something more for the summer. But yeah, like like I said before, fully backing him is just at least hearing out what he wants. I'm, I'm not expecting the club to go out and make four £100 million sign-ins, but you know, you've got to give him something to work with. And if you want to buy the best players and, and good players at, at this point in the season and, and in modern football, then they cost a lot of money. And you've got to remember how close we were to, to signing Luis Diaz in January last um, last season, which would have been an absolutely huge sign-in for us. You know, we've seen yeah. how he's turned out for Liverpool. So, um, yeah, just, just got to give him the best opportunity to, to do what he needs to do at the club. Craig, let's come to you. Roy writes here, I don't hang my hat on newspapers or mainstream media reports. I prefer to wait until it comes from the horse's mouth or a club statement. It's pretty much what you said to me on the phone earlier today. Um, what have you made of all of these reports and how confident are you that Antonio Conte is, number one, going to stay at the club and, and two, be backed in the January window? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's exa- exactly my sentiment. So that's what I said. Uh, you know, this is one, perhaps two reports it's unsubstantiated. We don't know. I think a lot of journalist stories are just just trying to fill the column inches, so to speak. We don't know. They they don't know fully. And why would <clears throat> why would Daniel Levy or, or ever come out and say, "Oh, we haven't got much money to spend," um, or <clears throat> why would they come out and say, "Oh, we got two hundred million to spend"? You know, you wouldn't do either. So it's it's very very strange. And for me. I want to wait till the end of January to see, you know, 1st of February, if we haven't signed anybody and Conte's unhappy, then, then fair enough. But I, I just don't think it's even, it's not even in my thoughts to to think they're not backing him or Conte's unhappy or whatever it is until you know a bit more until the end of that window. Because you can't make an informed decision because none of us will genuinely know. Um, Backing Conte, I agree, two or three players in January and the players that he wants in, in the positions he wants. Uh, you're not going to go and get somebody like a Bastoni or a Gradiol or somebody like that. Unfortunately, I just can't see them moving mid-season big names like that. But you give him a couple of players like you say, like we got in the last window, I think everybody would be happy if the next two signings are as good as the two that came in January. So, you know, I think... You know, personally, I think we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. We've got to give them the time. Trust Paratici. They've laid the groundwork for players that they want to get in. And let's hope they do get those players in. But I don't think you can assess it till after the window shuts. Can I ask all three of you very quickly um, what positions are really key for you and what positions you think um, Antonio Conte wants to, to fill? Because I've said it on this channel many, many times, right wing back for me, I think it's got to be number one on the list. But do you think it's number one on Antonio Conte's list? And also, I think that uh, a new centre-back um, would be uh, you know, good to come in. A lot of people talk about creative midfielders, another uh, centre-forward. Craig, what do you think? What, what, what is uh, the most important positions to fulfil for you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think we've, we've done it to death on this channel. 
uh, right wing back for me. If he's not going to give Jeff Spence a run, I think I think you've got to personally. I think you've got to look to move Emerson on and get in another right wing back, um, centre back definitely, um, uh, like a centre central centre back to challenge Dyer. Um, and if it were me, I'd like to see a creative attacking midfielder, but that might be asking a bit too much. Somebody like a Madison or something like that. But those are the three key positions, I think, that I would... You know, if you if you give me a magic wand, I'd say those are the three positions. I, that I, would I, should, I should have said realistic. Uh, yeah, re- realistic. <laughs> two, two, two players, probably... Uh, Probably a goalkeeper and a left back if it's realistic. No, it's, it, it, I, the, look, they've got to look for right wing back, and they'll have to move a right wing back on uh, to make space because you can't have like four. Uh, so, um, wouldn't be surprised, you know, if you see Lucas Mora go out the door actually in January. Um, shame because I love I love Lucas and what he did in that Champions League semi final. We'll all remember for the rest of our days. But I think perhaps his time at Tottenham, as much as he loves the club, I think it's just perhaps coming to an end. But yeah, um, Craig, right, I've, realistic. I've got, to, I've got to ask you, Craig, when we're talking about centre backs, um, links last week were were, were um, well putting us towards Harry Maguire. Your thoughts on that? This might surprise you, right? This might surprise you. I think you could do a lot worse, actually. Um, I think. Harry Maguire, when he played for England, I thought he had a really good World Cup. Don't get me wrong, Chris, right? There are better out there, right? But I personally think Harry Maguire would do a job at Tottenham. I actually think he would... Because the goal, the threat he he is in the air from corners and the set pieces, look, he's not my favourite centre-back in the world. In fact, I don't know who he is. Well, I do, but number one for me would be Fardiol. And I think the rest of the world has now seen how good he is yeah. And personally, I think we should have pressed to get him last summer. But you know what? Like Estonia, if a player doesn't want to come for whatever reason, you can't force them to come. Uh, but getting Gradiel is going to be difficult. But yeah, I, would I take Maguire? Uh, if there was nobody else available and he was willing to come, I would take him. Listen, if, I, I, do, yeah. do, do you know what? The, the only thing I'll say on this is Mitch said earlier, if we're going to try and win trophies, and I just think that signing players like Maguire is not the way forward if we want to be winning trophies. You really think Antonio Conte sitting down saying, who can we sign as a centre-back to win us trophies? And he's writing Harry Maguire down. I don't think so. Absolutely. No, I, look, I totally agree. And like I say, if you can't get anybody else, would Maguire be better than... Would it be better than having nobody? That's that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that's what the right answer is there, what everybody else thinks. But, you know, is Maguire better than Tanganga, for example? Yeah. You know? Melvin, Melvin who, who who do you think is on the top of Antonio Conte's list in terms of positions? Um, you know, I think every single Spurs fan knows just as much as Conte where we need to strengthen. I think we... We watch these games so so carefully and an- analyze every single game. You know the right back, the center back. I think we should just trust that they're gonna do what you know what needs to be done. I think I trust Peratici. You know these reports. I don't believe for one second that the club isn't trying to strengthen in January or there's you know there's no money and I I think things will happen in January. I, um. If 
if it's to the level we want, I think, you know, Guardiol, you know, he's caught the eye of the world. You know, Real Madrid, Chelsea, all these big, big clubs are looking at him now. And I think we would, club like us would get priced out. I think we're definitely in the market for a centre-back. And people say or laugh at Harry Maguire. I, I, I don't see why people would laugh because he would be an upgrade on Sanchez. He would be an upgrade on Tanganga, and he could be potentially better than Eric Dyer. You know, he starts for England in the World Cup. He would be a real asset to have in set pieces. I think the uh, the set piece coach probably has about, you know, 15 to 20 set pieces he could use, you know, Maguire in. So when people laugh about these signings, because on paper they're not you know, the flashy signings. But if we bought Maguire for about 20 million and, 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 and another 10 on add-ons, that would be a great signing. If, yeah. Yeah. And if I, I, I were, agree. I do agree. If the, wages, if the wages were low and if and let's say it frees up, it frees up another 30 million to spend on on the wing back and, and, and the creative midfielder, plus he would be homegrown. So people sometimes dismiss signings before they happen. You know, just look look at Ben Davis in a back three he thrives. You know, give give players chance to work under Antonio Conte. So don't laugh about any signing coming into Spurs until you see either a few months of him working underneath you know our manager or a preseason. So any signings will be an improvement. Any signings, just like Bentancur and Kulisevsky were. On paper, I watch a bit of Serie A and I knew about them, but I didn't think I didn't think either of them would be this good. But so you just trust that Conte and, and Fabio know what they're doing. They're they know they're so knowledgeable about the game and and, and they've worked together at, at Juventus. They know each other really, really well. They know how to build a squad. And they have this whole network of players and, and agents. And if if they need players, they, they, they definitely, there's deals in the works that are probably happening right now. It's probably going to be end up, if the other team finds a replacement, it's going to be this whole spider web of thing, of, of transfers in January. And, and, and we're going to definitely end up with one or two. It's just, how good and how quickly will they adapt to the Premier League that we will never know. If they can 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 adapt as quickly as, as Kulusevski and Ben Dancourt, it would be amazing. I think that's that's the the most important thing rather than the profile of the signing. If it's if it's a flashy name, I think people are in love with Bastoni, but you don't know if he's going to adapt quickly to the Premier League. Because Bastoni would be one for the future. He doesn't even start with Inter all the games. He's he's in and out of the team. He's not in the best form. I think for us, I'd rather go for someone older who's more experienced, like Skriniar or 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 something that kind of profile who's gonna hit the ground running, who's experienced, who's played and who's versatile. That's I think more of the profile that we need right now. I agree with you, Melvin. I- I'm expecting two signings in the January transfer window. Um, can I just go around each of you and-, and-, and ask you what you think or how many players you think we're going to sign? Because I'm expecting two, um, but 
as I said earlier, I'm hoping that they're two players that walk straight into this starting eleven rather than squad players. And I think if they are two players that walk into the starting eleven, uh, we've got a great chance of keeping Conte and keeping him happy. Uh, Mitch, how many do you think? Yeah, two. And then hopefully, yeah. if there's any other deals out and about in the market, an, an extra one to make it three if possible. Yeah. Craig, how many, how many do you think? Yeah, ditto. I think two, possibly three, if 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 something comes across his desk that they like the look of. Yeah. Melvin, two? Yeah, yeah, the same, obviously. Also, we have to think about the outgoings because I think we're we're on non-homegrown players. We're at our limit. So, I think probably Gil or Tanganga could be sent out on loan or something like that. Now, lastly, um, let's talk about the Brentford game that will take place on Boxing Day. Um, we're the first game back uh, after the World Cup, 12.30pm uh, kickoff. Uh, Mitch, let's start with you. Um, now, Brentford aren't in... Uh, great form. They've, they've won one in their last six Premier League games. They're sat in 10th place. Uh, we're currently fourth. We've played 15. We've won nine. We've drawn two. We've lost four. We've got a goal difference of plus 10. We've got 29 points. We're eight points away from Arsenal at the top, three points away from Manchester City, who are second, and only one point away from Newcastle, who are third. Um, your thoughts on this game? Do you think that uh, Spurs have got enough to go and win at Brentford on Boxing Day? I think it it's really, really dependent on who makes themselves available for the game. It depends if, you know, we could we could still be without without Luis, Romero, Perisic, we'll be without Benton Core, Richarlison. That's a lot of key players that we will be missing yeah. for that game. So Brentford is not gonna be an easy game. Um I think a lot of their performance will hinge on whether Ivan Antoni actually plays or not, depending on the outcome of the whole situation with him. Um, yep. So I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in that sense. But um, yeah, it, I hate I hate using the term banana pill, but that just the game just is, isn't it? First game back after a, a big long break, away to a tricky club, but one that you're expected to win. So it just everything. I don't know. It gives it gives me uh, warning warning alarms in my head for 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 whatever reason. But um, if we turn up and, and we're on our game, we have the quality and the ability to be able to win. And it would be pretty huge for momentum and and going into a run of I think what is it three games in in nine days or whatever it is around the Christmas and New Year period. So um, it's it's a lot. Um, but at the same time, it's pretty important to get a win stay within touch and distance of the top two if we can and more importantly try and cement ourselves in that top four position and not fall out of touch with that as well. Yeah, as you say, Mitch, it's, it's a busy time coming up again. Of course, Brentford away on Boxing Day and on the 1st of Jan, Villa at home. Uh, and then on the 4th, we've got Crystal Palace away. Then we play in the FA Cup against Portsmouth at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the 7th. Uh, a week later, Arsenal at home. Four days later, Manchester City away. That is a difficult week. Arsenal and Man City in the same week. And then on the 23rd, we play Fulham away. Um, Craig, your thoughts on the Brentford game, Boxing Day? Do you think that Spurs will be coming away uh, with the three points? Because, of course, last season, uh, we drew 0-0 there. Christian Eriksen, of course, was playing for Brentford. Um, that, that's, that, that turned out to be um, you know, a vital point uh, there uh, you know, in, in our bid to get top four. Yeah, it did. And of course, they haven't got Christian Eriksen this season. But, you know, they're, they're not to be taken lightly. It's um, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And have to hit the ground running. We are without 
quite a few big names, if you like. So um, other players are going to get a run, you would think. Be very interesting to see if Kane plays some part in that match. I, I don't expect him to start, but he might be on the bench. Um, you don't expect him to start? Why? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying that because I don't know. He, he's obviously due back, but is he going to be in any uh, physical condition? I know he was obviously been fit. He's been playing at the World Cup, but are they going to think he's level of fitness? Does he, you know, after the rest he needs? I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see him start, but uh, I just, I'm just not confident. He's. I'm hoping he's mentally all right because obviously that will have scarred him and that, that's going to scar him for a while. But uh, the best. Firstly, for me, the best way is to just get back on the horse as quickly as you can. So, knowing Harry, he'll want to he'll want to play if he's back. He's going to want to start, and Conte will probably start him. But don't be surprised if he is on the bench. But, uh, but yeah, it's a tough, going to be a tough game. Going to be a very tough game, and it's a horrible one, isn't it? Half twelve, first game back, because uh, that's always hard. I hate the early kickoffs because if it goes wrong, you got you're kind of watching the other games to hope the other teams. Uh, lose, so you're not losing ground on them. But oh, yeah, I don't like the early kick, especially on Boxing Day. That, that's that's thrown everybody's Christmas plans up in the air. I reckon a lot of the players. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. But hopefully, we'll have enough to get over the line. Well, their last six games, they beat Brighton two 0 drew nil nil against Chelsea, lost four nil away at Aston Villa, uh, drew one one against Wolves, drew two two against Nottingham Forest, and most recently lost two one away at Manchester City. Melvin, how confident are you that Spurs will be picking up three points on Boxing Day? Yeah, you know, our, our front three is going to be Son, Kane, Kulusevski. So, so that's a pretty strong, pretty strong <laughs> front three. It's great to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not confident, but there's, there's, there's definitely positives, you know, going into this game. We'll see, we'll see a pretty strong lineup, even though there's going to be. You know, our club captain probably won't play, and it'll be interesting to see who will who he will name as captain as well, because it's not going to be Hugo. Is it going to be Kane or is it going to be Hoiberg? It will give you like a little indication who sees he sees replacing Hugo as as captain. Um, hopefully, Kane plays. I'd like to see him play, and you know, get get a goal within the first ten minutes, and uh, you know, normality resumes with Kane. I think he's mentally strong enough and he's been through quite a bit of these things for him, you know, to pick up where he left off and uh, I think I think he'll play and, and hopefully he'll he'll score. Well lastly, score predictions for the game. Um I'm gonna go for a two one Spurs win. Melvin, what are you going for? Um, I think one nil spares. Mitch, what are you going for? I think I'll have three one Spurs. Came with a brace and some with the other. Score predictions. Uh, two nil for me, Tottenham. Mitch, what are you going for? Oh, went three three one Spurs. Came with a brace. What about you, Craig? 2-0. Two, 2-0, two nil. Two nil, I think, Tottenham. I'll go. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on uh, this evening. Thank you so much for coming on this evening to talk about tonight's game and, of course, the transfer window and the Brentford game. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for coming on and uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, so thanks again for having me on. Um, just over on Twitter, mainly um, at Mitch underscore Fretton and, and doing some work on, on live score writing for them as well. Um, I'm sure some of you have the map, the app anyway for that. So, yeah, that's where I do all of my business mostly. Oh. Uh. Well, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter as well. I don't post that much, but if you really want to follow me, um, see see the link Chris sent out earlier. I'm at Dearman Nine. So if you really want to follow me, that'd be great. But uh, always a pleasure to come on these chats. And may I wish all the viewers a very merry Christmas. And uh, I think I'm back on here on Boxing Day after the Brentford game. So hopefully we'll be talking about a Spurs win. Let's hope hope anyway. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, Always you can. Um, Christmas. You can also find you can also find me on Twitter. You're usually talking only spares and and you know arguing with Arsenal fans and trying to defend Kane and you know being in all that funny banter online. And then you should know that Chris is probably outside the stadium right now because he went to the match. And this is also his preseason. You know, before before the stretch of games, Chris, you 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 started your your preseason, you know, in, as well, just 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 like the Spurs players. I, I tell you what, I think my Wi-Fi uh, this evening is, is about as good as Ramon Vegas. So apologies about that. Um, <laughs> I was saying, um, Mitch, thanks so much for joining us on the channel for the very first time. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And I, I, I did tell them, but I'll tell them again because you've given me the opportunity over on over on Twitter at Mitch Fretton <laughs> and, and doing some writing for Live Score. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Mate. It's been uh, real, real good fun. Thank you very much. And Craig, thanks so much as always. No problem, Chris. No problem. I did tell everybody where they can find me if they're that interested in what I put on the little I put on Twitter. So look, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to coming on here talking about hopefully a Spurs win on Boxing Day. So. Merry Christmas, everyone. Again, um, take care of yourselves. And Melvin, I don't know whether you told everybody where they can find you, but if you, if you have, tell them again. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter. You can follow me if you want. And uh, yeah, I just discuss usually just spare stuff and, and, and vent my feelings. And uh, yeah, come on, you spares. Hopefully we have a couple, you know, two more games, two victories and end the year with six points. Well, Craig, Melvin, Mitch, thanks so much for your time this evening. Um, everyone, thanks for all of your support. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. And I will be back uh, tomorrow with another show uh, with a journalist talking all about the January transfer window and the possibilities um, of uh, well, the signings in January. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's show, as I say, and I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.